65 to 70 was unbelievably creative period. There's these five-year periods. They have them in, in, you know, where athletes too. I mean, you had Aladar and Affirmed and Spectacular Bid. You had these these great horses in a small compressed period of time. You had great jet, and for some reason, it 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 doesn't continue. It's not evenly spaced. Right now, there's probably some guy with a sketch pad in Binghamton that has some great ideas that doesn't know what to do. There's there's some person that can sing that can't that doesn't think they can sing. Creativity is this simple. I'm doing what I'm doing and I don't care what anybody thinks. That's the artist. That breaking new ground. Constantly breaking new ground. Not going over the same stuff. We need a looser society. We need a much looser society in a lot of ways. What's happening to the underclass is very disturbing. You know, the service business is interesting because it's ephemeral. You're dealing with a, 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 a hand of blackjack. You're only as good as your smile and how, how congenial you are with the customer. The most distressing thing, we're losing our gathering places. We're losing our social, I mean, once upon a time you'd run at people at the video store, right? So that, that was a good place to see them, especially if they had a, a tape that was hot. You know, say, geez, I knew that guy was a pervert. You know, but you, you would see people at the videos. Now you're limited to like grocery store, athletics, you may run into athletics, you know, some, some show or something. But you, 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 you don't have that, that mingling where you can unexpectedly run into people. And we're losing those spots. And, and those spots are vital. They're, they're, they're really necessary for uh, socialization. All creatures, great and small. And isn't it amazing? In the Lord's eyes, we're all, we're all you know, it's, it's these tremendous accomplishments that people have and all the dough and everything else. And at the end of the day, we're going to be judged on factors that have nothing to do with that. Like if I was to do a TED Talk, I mean, can you imagine that? People would leave. You know, it'd be the end of TED Talks. And now, here's part two of our conversation with John Solak. Everybody knows the garage stories, Hewlett Packers, Steve Jobs. Uh, everybody knows the dorm stories, Zuckerberg, Michael Dell. Uh, when things become too structured, they uh, become uh, non-creative. You know, they, they, uh, creativity is this simple. 
I'm doing what I'm doing, and I don't care what anybody thinks. That's the artist. That breaking new ground, constantly breaking new ground, not going over the same stuff. And that 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 used to happen all the time. One of the greatest people that I met, uh, the Steve Jobs of his time, and he could have been in that league. One day, uh, I skipped school, took my mother's car. I was about 16 or 17, and I went up to Trumansburg. And I met Bob Moog, Moog, the creator of the synthesizer, who was in business in Trumansburg. And he was selling an ancillary piece of equipment at the time. He went into, and it was a, a small production run, a, a sound, a mixer. And I was in awe of this guy, because here's, this was after switched on Bach. Uh, the synthesizer was just being, you know, he was getting eight or $9,000. I think the birds ordered, uh, Jim McGuinn ordered one, and, you know, some people in England ordered uh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, those guys. So he had sold about five or six of them, seven of them. And, you know, here he had the shop. And he had maybe six, seven people. He had two or three floors in, in downtown Trumansburg. And I was starstruck. I mean, th this, this guy had it all to me. I mean, uh, he was a world-renowned figure, self-financed. His, his wife, I guess, had a job at the uh, Trumansburg School Teaching. And, you know... It was, I, I look back, I, I thought about it the other day. I didn't think about it. I said, I met that guy, you yeah. know, and it was it was just a, a, a great experience because he was a real entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, the people that work for him, you know, it's, it, I mean, we, we look, we can be the best here. Macintosh Labs, you know. Uh, you know, we, we, we got, got them from the Beltway and it never went back. Publicly traded company, before the Japanese bought it, you know, traded on the pink sheets. And that's another thing that I want to tell you about. In order to be a successful economic county, you have to have publicly traded companies, mm. headquarters. We had a bank. Elmira still got a couple. When you lose, according, obviously. When Do we you, have any? Uh, no. I, I used to have, like, one up in Kirkwood, maybe, but... Oh, oh, semiconductor laser. Yes. Yeah, that that was yeah. a pink shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you when you when you lose Good that, Shenango County still got they've got the bank and they've got. A, I think they have. I don't know if GE bought the. But Mains is private. Yeah, you have to have the headquarters. That's your bragging right. Headquarters. And that's why IBM was so good. Well, yeah. Well, IBM wasn't headquartered here, but it was. Uh, you know, I mean, it was uh, a de facto. Uh, uh, headquarters in, in a way, although uh, some of those books about the Watsons indicate that they weren't too, they were never too keen on Endicott, you know, mm. so that was the, uh, that was the thing, but no, that, you need, you need corp, uh, you need a, I mean, Chobani's a private company, but it's, it's world-renowned, and you know, that's, that's just, you, I mean, if that happened here, you would have never heard the end of it, and you shouldn't, because people there are millionaires, ordinary people. Yeah. I'll give you another one, uh, is uh, what's that? Rupert Stewart's? No, not Stewart. What's the in Saratoga there? Um, oh, some, Stewart Shops. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, if you started with them 25 years ago in the store, mm -hmm. therefore, one can, this is a million, a million and a half dollars. Yeah. So this, if if the if the employers are generous, if yeah. they if they. Well, I know someone like Modern Marketing. I, yeah. I believe they have an ESOP. Yeah. Which is great, and mm -hmm. they and they tend to the, retain their employees, mm -hmm. and they could grow, and mm -hmm. and they could earn a nice living. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I never thought about that. Yeah. Our, our area doesn't have much of that. Yeah. Well, that, that's that's what you need. You need. You need uh, How do we attract it? Well, I think 
we're I I don't we're 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 attracting the wrong types of businesses now, and this is a disaster. We had fracking. We didn't we didn't get in, involved in fracking, but that's a problematic business. Now the problem with that is is that the financial muscle. These companies are failing. I, I followed that industry a long time before really? fracking, and, okay. and the, the fracking companies themselves, the 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 gas companies, the gas drilling companies, were the poor stepchilds of the oil companies, and they were penny stocks. And now they're reverting back to being penny stocks again, and they're they're in serious trouble. So that that ship is left, and the money that was available, the front money, will never occur again. So that mm-hmm. was a a one time thing. But now we're going into these, and a lot of these are land burning. Windmills, solar, uh, and it's just being—it's being done willy-nilly, and it's being done without the consequences that it, it. See, what we had here is we had a lot of land that went un, undeveloped because of local governments, perk tests, and all this kind of crazy stuff that they wouldn't let people come in and use their land for the best purpose. So we had all this land that's just sitting there. Some of it's being logged and. Now they're coming up with schemes, and, and it's, 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 it's burning land, and it's burning in the wrong way. Now, you want to talk about a problematic business? Hemp. A complete problematic business, and we're going full tilt boogie into hemp. And why is it problematic? Well, it's problematic because you have the issue of hot hemp versus hemp. You have, I mean, it's, it's look, I, I give the people at Canopy Growth, they're at least telling the straight story. They're a recreational marijuana company. You know, they're not, in other words, uh, guys, guys like Matt Ryan and Donald LaParte say, you know, oh, you know, clothing, you know, we're all going to wear these ponchos like they do in Ecuador, you know, made of hemp. I mean, you know, give me a break. Uh, it's, it's, and it, it's wasting the agricultural potential because people are chasing this hemp and the, the seeds are expensive. And there's, a, there's, you know, there's a lot of complications to the business and everybody and their brother is in the hemp business now. And the, the, the processors know this, you know. They know that they're 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 and they're they're trying to control it from all ends. And look, it creates a cowboy mentality because it's unregulated. So it's just a matter of time before farmers say, you know, throw some throw some hot hemp, throw some cannabis into the mixture here, and we'll we'll do a Thunder Road type deal. So it's 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 we're we're this is it's not well thought out it's 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 just you know it it's it's terrible the, the wild west yeah uh look does government i mean government finds out about things that are occurring and boy they 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 ruin it you know i mean the problem with downtown the problem with this millennial ex, experiential stuff is number one it's long in the tooth but number two it's not high value added can I have a wine list? Oh, yes. Give me a wine list. Yes. I want to pay five times the markup at my local store. I, I, I love that wine. Yeah. I remember that wine, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, can you give me one of those cocktails, a hot toddy? I look like a guy that needs a hot toddy. Uh, give me a hot toddy at a 1,000% markup. Mm-hmm. I mean, so <laughs> these are not a lot, a lot of value things. We've lost a lot of... And you're saying the thought's just not going into it? Like, well, what, what's the problem? Well... At that you, level, even. Well, people that enter the restaurant business. Now, family family restaurant businesses are great businesses. Mm-hmm. Cortese? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 50 years, 60 Little years, Venice. 70 years. Yeah. And, and, and uh, those are great businesses. Oaks Inn. Oaks Inn. You won't. Price should be no, uh, they'll probably raise their prices now. 
But price should be no object when you enter the Oaks Inn because everything is perfection plus. So, and, you know, they don't, nobody really touts You will not be disappointed, you're yeah, saying. Yeah, when but nobody touts them. They know what they're doing, right. in other words. Right. Now, a lot of people, since the advent of all this cable TV stuff, want to go into the restaurant business. Had a next-door neighbor that went to, you know, 40, 45 years, she went to culinary school. Uh, and the problem, I mean, I never was attracted to the restaurant business. I would never go into the restaurant business. It's nothing but work. It's nothing but work. Constant. And, yep. And, yep. and, and, you know, that's, that's it. And it, yet people think it's, it's an easy. As one guy said to me, he says, John, please don't say bars anymore. Say restaurants, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, so, you, you know, that's, that's, right. the, that's the thing. But it's, uh, it's a, uh, you know, it, it has to be good. See, now this, I, I did consulting for a while. Big, I'm not going to name drop. But s some people in retail... And some people in the hospitality, big big companies. And I had, I had a scheme once. And I'm all I am, Roger. In addition to the activism, the corporate activism, the local government activism, all I am really is I develop information. Okay. And I was tested at one time. I was tooting my own horn. Looking at documents, I could find anomalies. I could look at two thousand pages. And, okay. So I tested. Well, that's that, your that, unique ability. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 So anyway, I, I started. And one of my consulting things, I wasn't going to charge him. So there would be something that I would discover about a company or their competition. And I would present, I said, here's the information. And I did this with the Chinese the other, maybe six months ago. And uh, I, I said, I think you've been defrauded. You know, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not an accountant, but I think you've been defrauded on a big, big deal. And I said, I developed the information, I know the history of this, and if you want, give me a call. They haven't called you. But I, what I would do is, I, I started a... a thing where I would call up companies, private companies, whatever, very competitive businesses, restaurant businesses. Would. I says, I, I found something out that you should know. Your competitor is not only poaching people from you, he's getting them to divulge your, your secrets. And uh, I says, and I, I started saying, no fee. I'll give you everything that I have, and if it's worth something to you, you pay me. Well, guess what happened? The people in the, the middle spotted the information, they grabbed it, they took it, look, what did I, you know, so that, that's, yeah. that's what happens. But, uh, yeah, that... Have you made a living off of that? I mean, have you done consulting? Is that, uh, yeah, was that your work? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, a living is how you live, right? Yes. So, uh, again, yes, going, back to, the, going right. back to the creative type, yeah. it's, it's not going to turn anybody on. I'm only one person. So uh, that's, that's that. Yeah, you, you, you uh, do make a living at it. But why would someone hire you? To find, to, so you could... Oh, I, I, I would only, I would present it after the fact. Okay. Yeah, after the yes. fact. I mean, in other words, in my corporate activism, as a shareholder, you know, there's things that board of directors do. They, one of the big things is they overcompensate themselves. And uh, you have unsuccessful, relatively unsuccessful, particularly in the biotech field, that, that overcompensate themselves routinely. And... Uh, without results, and they're just draining the shareholders, and they go from one company to the next. Yeah. And, 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 and this is, this is I, I sued Sears, the Sears A, because Eddie Lampart was busting out Sears, and uh, that was uh, my actions there, you know, and we tried to get more. Was, uh, it was a $60 million agreed-upon settlement. I think it was reduced to 30. It was reduced, but we went to, to arbitration with, on behalf of the Sears shareholders, mm -hmm. 
Of course, sixty million didn't last long, but uh, we did try for we did try to shore up, try, made some other demands that didn't didn't go over over well. But at the end of the day, you're 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 doing this to point out that corruption may be occurring, and you're just trying to do the right thing. Yeah, we need a looser society. We need a much looser society in a lot of ways. What's happening to the underclass is very disturbing. Number one, they're being pumped with psychotropic drugs. You know, this now you hear this constant clamor, mental health treatment. You know, we, we can't criminalize people. Well, what's the mental health treatment? It's some guy that's gonna spend you know, this is they're not gonna this is not Hollywood. They're not gonna spend three hours on a couch telling their life story. You know, okay, you you meet the, the diagnosis, you know, go go off with your prescriptions. I hope you don't hurt anybody. This is this is a tremendous mm. affront to people, again, I walk the streets. I look into these people's eyes. I, I see them. They're, 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 and what, what happened to them, what happened to most of these people, most of the people you see on the street, NAFTA, NAFTA. Tell me about that. Well, the manufacturing base was given to Mexico. Okay. And given, uh, given to China. And that's, these, that's where these people's lineage was in manufacturing. Making something useful, uh, uh, moving up the ranks, occupying their time. And when they asked what they did, because, you know, the service business is interesting because it's ephemeral. And you're only as good as your last, you know, you're dealing a, 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 a hand of blackjack. Uh, you're only as good as your smile and how, how congenial you are with the customer. Now, now, if you're in a bad mood, well, guess what? The guy that's, uh, you know, the guy that's having his big, big moment at your baccarat table is, you know, that's his experience. So it's very, very different. But man, some of these people are not suited to the service economy is what I'm getting. They're okay. more service uh, suited to a thing. And they can do a, a great job. And it's, it's, and we lost retail. And when we're losing retail in this country, this is, this people don't understand, retail was a safe harbor for a lot, a lot of people. Especially when, when a downturn, people lost big jobs. They did manage to get a job at, in retail. And, uh, and we lost retail because of Amazon? Uh, we, no, no. No, in fact, there's a good book on the subject, and it's called the, something like The Death of Luxury or something like that. I don't know. Uh, essentially, the productive capacity in China is so huge, uh, particularly in the apparel business, that uh, people have flooded the market. And the great merchants, the Neiman Marcuses, those type of people, the people that really knew Bergdorf. their stuff. Yes, the people that would scour the earth for the best, uh, are not e existent anymore. In other words, luxury brands now, they make these garish things, like what kind of, you know, they look like graffiti. And it's like, oh, I paid like $3,000 for this T-shirt. Well, th that's not their, their lineage, was, was quality mm -hmm. and customer service. Mm -hmm. That was, and you're you know, saying that's gone? It is gone. I went, I bought a pair of espandrils, Gucci espandrils. This is years ago, like thirty years ago, three hundred bucks, and I, the sole was coming off, and uh, I took them back. Well, normally, normally this is no problem, right. you know, right? We'll take care of it, you know. <laughs> and they, and they weren't that old. And they said, well, you know, glue or whatever they put on it. Oh, I'm sorry, there'll be a, a th you know, whatever it was back then, thirty-five dollars. I says, I didn't buy. I, I, I bought these from Gucci. I didn't buy them from Tom McCann, you know. So that, that's, that's, that's what happens. Uh, when, when a brand uh, gains popularity, 
And when their customers become diverse, except the Japanese. Now, the Japanese are quality-oriented. They'll take a garment apart right in the store, and they, they know quality. And that's why you mentioned creativity. Japan is the most creative place on this earth, Tokyo mm. is. And you have people that are dedicated to whatever art they do. They'll, they'll, they'll take something apart and make it their own. They know what they're doing. They have managed to amalgamate various styles, and they're perfectionists. And, uh, you know... Uh, they're not cutting corners. No, no. And they, they, they love it. And that's, that's where the... That, still to this day, that's where the, the creativity is. And, uh, you know, the, the problem is, is that now with the algorithms... See, now they don't want anything coming up in a natural, organic way. And they don't want people that know how to rub nickels together, getting to the next stage, because that's valuable advice. Everybody wants to start off at the top. Everyone envisions themselves as, you know, the next this or the next that. And, you, you know, there, there's more to it than that. And number one, number two, let's not forget about luck. Luck is the number one ingredient. And, you know... The old vaudevillians used to go on the Johnny Carson show, and they said, well, you know, Johnny, I got my lucky break. And I knew some of these people. And they would say, uh, you know, I got my lucky break. So they admitted that luck was... Part of it. Yeah, yeah. because, well, in, in show business, there's a million crooners. Mm -hmm. There's uh, uh, Chorus girls are a dime a dozen. Mm -hmm. People that can recite a dramatic... Mm -hmm. A dime a dozen. So, uh, you know, they knew... Uh, what what the, they had been elevated, the and odds, they, you know right. they want. Now you don't see that. Nobody talks about luck. It was all them. It was all all their. <laughs> you know they, they're they're a genius, and and and, and there's no luck. But uh, I'm trying to think of some, somebody that's refresh. I mentioned the the old timers, but I'm trying to think of somebody today uh, that I that I think knows what they're doing. Uh, I'll I'll wait. You know. Once uh, I was at a recording session, and we were using this. It was a demo studio. It was, it was famous. Dick Charles. Dick Charles was a, so a songwriter, and he had a recording studio. And it was more, mostly used to cut an acetate, which is a temporary yeah. record mm -hmm. that you would use in songwriting. So everybody cut their demos. They're like Carole King. And, and it was a good room. It was a good sounding room. Not so much, but there was an engineer there. And, and you know, it's funny. Uh, I wanted something done which was relatively easy to do because the guy wasn't making it with the guitar solo. Uh, this was a flower power type record. So I says, look, the, guy, the guy's having a problem. He's collapsing on me. Uh, we need to reverse this tape and uh, the Strawberry Fields effect, you know, to try to... Oh, geez. The, you know, th this guy was adding echo, and he was... There were still people around from the doo-wop here, and this guy was a doo -wop. You know, he had the ducktail and everything. And, you know, he, oh, geez, I can't do it. It's too much work and stuff like that. And he, and he said, oh, by the way, I'm... I'm Cutting Hendrix for Cutting Hendrix. And I looked at him like he was nuts. You know, I said, well, I hope you do a better job than you're doing on my records because my records stink. You know, they, 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 you know. And uh, sure enough, I bought the Electrical Lady Land. The guy's name was Jack Adams, right? So I was in high school, and I got the Electrical Lady. The day it came out, I ripped open the vinyl, which, by the way, there's no thrill, no streaming thrill to rip open. It's almost a religious, spiritual experience to rip open that vinyl without cutting your thumb. To get that smell, the vinyl, put it on the table. So uh, anyway, he, I looked on the credits, and he was he was involved with Eddie Kramer, with Electric Ladyland. Yeah. So that. So, so that, were you a producer? What, 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 what were you I, doing? Was, I was a jack of all trades. Uh, I envisioned myself a, 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 a songwriter at times, and I was a producer. I was enamored with with the actual 
uh, uh, of course, there was great producers. Phil Spector, in spite of his uh, problems, was was a great producer. It was a, it was a the thing about the music business back then. It was a synergy. The Beatles were quite good at it. Uh, it was the clothes, it was the look, it was the photography, it was the songwriting, it was the recording. Without any of those elements, without Abbey Road or EMI, without the board, without the studio tape recorders, without the uh, the microphones, you would have had less. Because essentially what the Beatles were, they were the Everly Brothers. I mean, that's why people passed on them 12, 12 times. Everybody, oh. everybody passed on them. And one of the most interesting stories that I have in the music business is Elton John. There's a guy, Dick James, who bought the Beatles music publisher. The Beatles publicly, they put their... their Music publishing up. It was a publicly traded company for a while, and they they did give George, I think, five percent. They they gave the other two guys money, and uh, that they didn't deserve, but they they got it. Uh, and anyway, it, it became a private company after it was a public company. Dick James bought it, and he's the guy that found Elton John. So they had cut the Elton John, the complete first album with the strings and everything. You know, the, as you hear it, that's okay. they, they were running around Los Angeles with the tapes. I, I met one of his underlings. Passed. There was 12 companies, and everybody passed on it. There's a guy that used to hang out there named Russ Regan. He used to hang out at the Continental. It was, it's the Hyatt now, but it was called the Continental. It was Gene Autry's hotel, and the music people used to hang And the guy, I saw the guy give the tape to Russ, and he, gave, he said, give him a big package. And he said, Mr. Regan, and the guy was Armenian, but he had a stage name. Anyway, he says, here's a, an album that we cut, and... Uh, you can have it for free because 12 people have passed on it. So he went, he drove to the Universal lot where he had the office. He put it on the stereo and he, he had to have it, you know, but he got it for nothing. <laughs> right. You know, so he got a $100,000, $150,000 record for nothing and then they went to Philadelphia with it first and they started buying the, the records back. And that's the big, big trick of show business is it's payola and it's buying your own records. And, Moving it up the charts, and that, those are the two two big tricks that you need to know. <laughs> wow! So let's move into um, the untold stories of Broome County. Oh, jeepers, creepers! Oh, what do you have? Hmm. Some of them. Some of them are mafia. A lot of them are mafia related. You I know, think my family was involved, but I don't know if I want to talk about it. Well, after, see, what happened in Appalachian is interesting because there was a Tioga grand jury, you know, and it was, it was primarily, uh, you know, around here is primary bookmaking, that type of mm -hmm. thing, you know. I mean, uh, but what happened after, there was a trial that was botched in Tioga County. I, I, I can't remember all of it. I can't call it up. But let's say in 58, there was there was a local trial. I mean, it wasn't a wasn't a federal trial, but the the upshot of Appalachian was is that Binghamton was one of twelve places in the United States that had an organized crime task force, and they would sit there at the federal building and listen in, you know, to these conversations. I mean, you know, you think about it. It was you know, so so that was the unique thing about Binghamton, uh, was was that. But the the gun running. Uh, with with another set with the Miami uh, Miami set uh, that was that was that's a, that's a very very yeah. under 
reported story. And, and that was part of the Irishman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They showed that. They showed that scene yeah. where they they took a truck down to to Miami. Well, and there's a guy still around. And what, what's interesting is uh, uh, the uh, I'm going to see if I can tell a story here. Okay, heroin. That's all we hear about is opioids and heroin. Well. Let's go back to the 70s. A guy in Oweagle, he's dead now. Selling trailers, you know, travel trailers, that type of stuff. At a carpeting place. Major heroin center. Transshipping to, to Montreal, to the Montreal. You don't, you don't want to fool in Montreal, I'll tell you what. Montreal would make the Ravenite Social Club, especially now, now they're killing everybody up there all the time. Uh, but this was a major transshipment of, of heroin. Uh, and if you look at the the the, the I don't I don't want to mention the guy's name, mm -hmm. his son's a lawyer. But if you look at the 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 astounding numbers, and this guy was at the various harness tracks, and he had harness horses at the time, and he he would blow a tremendous amount of money. He was looking at him like, well, this guy said, "Oh, it's only money," you know, and uh, that's that's what it was, you know. Uh, so when you uh, just just because yeah. I'm thinking about the listener too. When you tell a story like that, I mean, is that fact, fact? Is that fact, oh, yeah. hard fact? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in other words, this is, I can point you to the news accounts of, of, of the time, but. That's see, pretty serious. Yeah, well, all crime is local, and it's interesting. The toleration of what's allowed in communities, even from north to south, is, uh, is thing. one of the, the wise guy things to do here was building houses on spec, right? and getting credit from a lumberyard and then sticking the lumberyard. Well, if you do that down south, there's certain statutes <laughs> that the, the, the uh, they don't call it the theft, the, the building materials, it's very, you can't do that, but you could do it here, mm -hmm. you know? So uh, that, that's, that, that's uh, you know. So guys would move from one lumberyard to the next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so it's, it's the... The, I'm trying to think of the greatest... Well, here's an untold story. There used to be a nightclub where essentially the Collier Street parking lot is called the Embassy. I had an uncle who was a very good drummer, very good drummer. From He migrated up here from Jersey, was a bartender, and uh, he was a drummer. In fact, his picture was on the New York Times magazine. Some politician came to town. And uh, he used to live on Exchange Street in the Capitol Theater. Between the Capitol Theater and the Embassy Club was, was showbiz. And these guys would come and spend time with him that he knew from Jersey. And uh, Gene Krupa was up at the apartment all the time. Oh. And I always thought, this is interesting, I didn't know, I always thought the Valens, I always thought Gene was an Italian, you know, and he was one of me, you know, he's one of us. He was, you know, Eastern European, and I, I didn't know that. And, uh, but he would stay there, these other guys, uh, comedian Stubby K, you know, every, see, it's funny about show businesses, there's always like four or five of a type. Like there was Woody Allen, and Wally Cox, and then there was a guy named, uh, oh, Jesus, Stu, uh, what the heck is his name? Thing I, I forgot. Uh, uh, but there was, there was a, a type, and then, you know, imitation is a serious form of flattery, so <laughs> people would debate whether he stole that. But the, these were, uh, uh, Gene was, was up here quite a bit, you know, and he was, the interesting thing about Gene Krupa is he was the prototype for the modern rock drummer. Everybody, 
uh, Carmine uh, uh, of the Vanilla Fudge and uh, Rod Stewart fame. Uh, and uh, they all credit Dino Donnelly. The best drummers were Italian, you know. It's interesting. I mean, Dino Donnelly and the Rascals with the haircut and the twirling of the sticks, that was something that, you know, <laughs> that, that drummers, you know, wanted to be. But it, it's funny. To the to drumming to the average person, well, it's just a guy, you know, drumming. But they don't they they don't realize how hard it is and and how how hard, how a handful of people are, are good at it. There's you know, I could tell you have an appreciation for it. Oh yeah, it's 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 definitely uh, you know an art form, and uh, in of itself because you know the heart and the drums and the, the pace of life and everything else. It's, Who's the best that you think has ever lived? Well, I would. Re- uh, I mean, that's obviously Buddy Rich. But the, and in fact, I, I heard Buddy Rich, seventy-five. In fact, he was in with Sinatra in Long Beach. He was using the big band then. But oh yeah, he went. I went. I said, I got to go see the guy's foot. And it was a. It was a. a con- Sinatra had canceled the concert once before, and it was like they were on the radio. Geez, Frank's going to be at Long Beach. You know, tickets are still available. And there was only a couple thousand people there. Well, I think it was like eighty-three or whatever. And uh, I went in looked at Buddy's foot, you know, and I think he was 70-something at the time, you know, and, uh, you know, it was just, it was just unbelievable. I mean, people used to take home movies of, of people's foot, but there's, there's, the best criteria is not who the best drummers were, or who the most, because everybody knows, you know, it's, it's Buddy Rich, it's in rock, it's John Bonham, mm. but the, the underrated drummers, because those guys were really, uh, rock, uh, uh, the drummer in the Pro Call Heron. Jeez, I'm forgetting names now. Uh, tremendous uh, drummer. Uh, and why do you say the foot? What is it about the foot that is it the the beat that? Well, that, there's there's various ways that you know, uh, very, very, the, the jazz guys who play flat flat footed, you know, and uh, uh, then they came up they, all kinds of. It was the foot pedal. The Rogers foot pedal was the best foot pedals. Head and shoulders above any. So you would mix and match components from the drums. The the Slingerland hi-hat was the best hi-hat. So, okay. you know, and then they came up, you know, they came up and it got so absurd, they came up with the fiberglass drumsticks. <laughs> and then there was a thing, it was a triangle, it was called a thumper, you know. But anyway, one day I'm taking drum lessons from a guy, I'm not going to, he's dead, but anyway. Uh, it wasn't the guy you're thinking of, but it was another guy. And uh, I'm taking drum lessons and he says, and I, I was, I, I walked into the guy's studio. He says, "You know, you're one of the best drummers that ever walked in here." I said, "I am." He says, "Yeah, it's unbelievable." So anyway, after I finished with the guy, I couldn't clap my hands in time. But anyway, <laughs> one, 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 I mean, t- totally. And one, of course, it wasn't like today. YouTube, you know, educates a lot of people. But one day, uh, I bring him the Led Zeppelin album, the first Led Zeppelin album, and he says, and he's listening to it. And he says, "I said, I want to learn how to do this." And he says, well, that's a double bass drum. I says, no, it isn't. He says, no, it's a double bass drum. He listen over. I says, I heard the guy in Syracuse last week. It's one bass drum. So that's, that's wow. a, but it's, uh, you know, but. You're near for it. Well, it, it, it was, it was, it, it was, again, when you're, ground, see that the period from, uh, uh, 65 to 70 was unbelievably creative period. There's these five-year periods. They have them in, in you know, where uh, athletes too. I mean, you had Aladar and Affirmed and Spectacular Bid. You had these these great horses in a small compressed period of time. You had great jazz, and for some reason, it, it, it doesn't continue. It's not evenly spaced. You've got great boxers. 
you know, and, uh, you know, it, it doesn't even out. I don't know why. I don't know why, but. Uh. Interesting. If you were a young entrepreneur and you were living here right now, would you stay? Yeah, I probably would because uh, how would, I mean, I guess you could, if you went, well, first of all, the cold calls are dead. So when I was in the music business, you could virtually meet with anybody. Uh, I had a lawyer who was Fleetwood Mac's lawyer. Wow. So if I couldn't get in on my own, yeah. and I would have acts, and uh, I'd sit there on the phone, and, and uh, you know, you try everything. You try studio. You say, well, let, me, let me put you in live. Maybe, maybe we can get some guy, some record executive, in a weak-willed moment. You'll be in his office. You sound okay. So I would line up live auditions. And uh, I would sit there. And, you know, I would have to come up with appointments with people. And, not, and I, I shot for the top people, you know, because there's people I didn't want to talk to because I felt they, they wouldn't. And, and lo and behold, you, you, would, you would get these appointments. And, uh, you know, I mean, some of the things that were funny, once I was presenting, there's still some music guys around. Uh, Don Ellis, he was with our, a musician. You know, he had his own records, a jazz guy. So I bring these two guys from Binghamton to play. And I never told them this story. And, you know, I was auditioning, and they, they, I, had a, I booked them into the Troubadour. And so they were still had a lot of Binghamton in them, and I said, please don't, don't let me do the talking. So they, they played for some big weeks, and one, one my attorney was there, said, he's going to sign him on the spot. I, I feel it. You know, you know, I said, well, let's hope so. So anyway... Uh, we get out of an audition, and, you know, I stayed with the guy. Well, this guy gave me such a dressing down, it was unbelievable. You know, these guys can't sing, they can't play, what are you trying to do to me? So he thought it was, you know, I mean, he was just affronted, you know. I mean, he... he, he Were like, they bad? Huh? Well, he said, his comment was, uh, one guy can sing a little bit, they both can't play, and one guy can't sing at all. You know, so he, I'm, but he, you know, this is the Mitch Miller type of guy. I mean, yeah. he's you know, this was thing, but uh, so that and so the guys asked me, "How are we doing?" I'm like walking out like this, you know. So it's it's uh, it's a thing, but you, you you that the cold calling in a lot of businesses is gone because people are locked in towers, they're locked in office buildings, they don't want to hear it, they're not in touch with the street. So that's that's the problem. For example, if you want to find musical talent, you've got to go into clubs uh, that you don't want to go into. You know, and I give, uh, you know, I give people a lot of credit. So you, 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 right now, there's probably some guy with a sketch pad in Binghamton that has some great ideas that doesn't know what to do. Maybe he's, you know, he's going to, there's, there's some person that can sing that can't, that doesn't think they can sing. Because ironically, you know, the thing about singers is the worst ones come to the forefront, you know. It's always, they're yeah. willing to embarrass right. themselves. But, yeah, I, I'd stay in Binghamton because I don't think, the other towns are very, very mean and aggressive. You'd have to rent like a, you sleep in like a coffin, you know, one of these cubes. But nobody wants to hear it. So right. I, I don't know. Now, you can get a reading fast. For example, if you're a comedian, you can get a reading fast. And it's, it's just that, you know, Howie Mandel, one weekend, and he was, the next thing they had him on, uh, one weekend from Toronto, he was there. And uh, the uh, next week, uh, he was on St. Elsewhere. So he, he didn't have to pay his dues. And 
And the problem with comedy is they'll steal your act. Mm. If I go right now, I will go right now. And I've had this. I write gags for disc jockeys, and they accept them, and they take them on. Uh, big guys, like L.A. guys. And uh, if I go to the, com uh, the comedy store or whatever club's there, within 48 hours, they'll be on late night TV. Those gags will be on it because, hmm. you know, people, people steal. Now, music, you can steal right. eight bars legally. Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah, yeah. You know, so when you get stuck, when you were a songwriter making $50 and getting stuck, you, uh, you would always start with what's on the charts. So that's why, like, you ever hear Steal Away, Robbie Dupree, and What yeah. a Fool Believes That. that that's what, why you get oh, that. Okay. And, 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 you know, that type of stuff. Interesting. Uh, you asked me uh, the untold stories of, uh, of, and these are not untold stories, but these people, they're dead. They destroyed Broome County more than they, one was P.J. Casella, who was president of Endicott Johnson. In fact, uh, uh, $30 million in the pension fund. Uh, and he, actually, he got a better job. He went with a watch company after that, Elgin Watch. He was an instrumental uh, uh, bad omen of things to come. And then Edwin L. Crawford. Edwin L. Crawford gave us the charter form of government, it took us from the Board of Supervisors to, the, to a county executive and a county legislature. Board of Supervisors, most predominant form of government in New York State and the United States. It's the Los Angeles Board of Supervisors, the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. It's the still to this day. Yeah, yeah. It's the Shenango. Ed hatched this up that what was that, and it was hatched in Long Island at the same time. That charter form of government was the wave of the future. Well, it created political class jobs. It created a legislature. It created an executive. It created uh, you know a couple million dollars worth of political positions. Uh, how the Board of Supervisors is, is that your local guys that you already elect, your town supervisors, your mayors, your village, they're on the Board of Supervisors. They run the county. So they go in once a month and run the county for you. You've already voted for them. You're already paying them. You've already elected them. I see. And uh, after he got on, and he tried three times with the resolution. People wouldn't go for it. They, they saw it through. It defeated at the polls. It was three, on the ballot? Yeah, three times. Fourth time was a charm. What year about? Uh, this is uh, 69, 70 in there. Okay. And then uh, he got unceremoniously defeated. Uh, and I had, uh, for Congress and for county executive, and then went to Albany to form a trade group, <laughs> a lobby group, the New York State Association of, of Counties. Uh, and, you know, he ended up on Cape Cod with, with this scheme. But it, it's, a, it's a bad form of government. It's, it, it's, uh, so why wouldn't the leaders recognize that? And turn it back the way it was. Well, they, the thinking was in the 70s, we had 250,000 people. We had IBM. The thinking was that we were going to be the Nassau of the North, that some way, somehow, that oh, people were going to stay here, and people had six or eight children, yeah. and we we're going to have 500,000 people. That was the, the thinking behind it. It didn't happen. No, no, it didn't. Wow. And it, it, it's, 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 uh, it's sad to me because, you know, you, you, you can drive, right? And you can see pretty country. And you say, well, why can't Microsoft come here? I mean, look at, you know, why can't somebody come here? And the, 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 the reason is, is that the good qualities of life are already firmly established elsewhere. And the people can afford it. So, you know, two, three, five, ten million, you name it, they can afford it. They're living there. Uh, now, some, 
some the population may compress. You know, there's a new mattered fault. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, people might be running for their lives. We don't, right. we don't right. know. But can, the thing is, can we even accommodate? Can the city of Binghamton accommodate 10,000 additional people right now? I don't know. You know, where are they going to live? Right. You know, and one of my things was always, you know, home building is another industry mm -hmm. that we have not participated in. Now, the mayors and the county executives, they, they should have been, or during this period of, they should have been on the phone with all the major publicly traded home builders saying, you know, we'll clear some ground. Can yep, you come in? Can you, can, you, yep. can you do something yep. for yep. us? Because you do need to replace the housing. And we even see it in, the, uh, in, in apartment living. Like, yes. There's very few choices, you know, here. And there's extreme or, yeah. you know, one extreme or the other. Well, and that's the thing. If you go to Dallas, you'll see miles and miles of, you know, apartments yeah. that are reasonably priced that are new. Right. So here, you know, if... And it may, it may attract students to stay or to bring some more young professionals yeah, here. Yeah. I mean, housing itself is, it's... Well, we, we've, got to, we've got to watch how we sell the area. We can't oversell it. We, we, we have to say that there are drawbacks here, you know. And we ha if, if, you're, if you start with honesty, you'll be better off. Now, you've got, you know, scientific fraud is a, is a, is a term that's used when people, you know, Theranos, Elizabeth uh, Holmes mm -hmm. or yep. whatever her name, you know, somebody wears a black, they do a TED Talk and they wear a black turtleneck and all of a sudden they got it. Like if I was to do a TED Talk, I mean, can you imagine that? People would leave. You know, it'd be the end of TED Talks. Unfortunately, you're accommodating me here. But, uh, you know, we've got to watch this. There's an entrepreneur in, uh, uh, that's got some of this government funding here in upstate, and she's spending the money on personal personal expenditures. So people don't, uh, they, they, again, it goes back to what kind of person do you want in public office? What kind of person do you want as an entrepreneur? You want somebody that can live within his means. You don't want anybody with delusions of grandeur because then they've got to do a deal uh, to, to, uh, to be corrupt. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I don't know. You know, the famous... Controversial lines, 1970, Utica was the butt of jokes in the 60s. It was a running gag on Dick Cavett. So much so that Dick Cavett invited the mayor of Utica to be on the program. And they came with good nature. You know, they came with good nature. And right after that, Mayor Hanna up there, uh, he hit national news when he told the graduating class up there to leave town. You know, I mean, this was in the 70s or something. So this was, this was controversial. Uh, you know, I mean, nobody's waiting. I mean, it's like these guys from Endicott's. They would have fantasies about going back to Italy, you know, and they would make some money here. And some of them did. Right. You know, like Italy, you know, we're waiting for this guy from Endicott to come and right. tell us what we're doing wrong here, you know. You know, we're not draining the pasta properly. <laughs> well, you know, they, they came back. Look, there's no place like the United States of America. Mm -hmm. there's, there's no place like it. And uh, this is pretty country up here, although, you know, we're burning a lot of land. That's, that's distressing. And we don't keep things up enough. And, uh, you know, it's a great, great, great area. I want to make it better. And I want to make it better by making people accountable. If they get, because right now we don't have a lot of journalism. We don't have a lot of information being yeah. exchanged. And if some guy's going to take a million three salary, he deserves to be held accountable, especially if it's a public institution, yes. like a university or a publicly, uh, a, a, a hospital, a public hospital. Mm -hmm. So it's not asking too much. I, I think, but we need to loosen things up. 
do, we do need to loosen things up. We need to uh, free up things. And what I don't like is people are very, they, they're looking very downtrodden here. They're looking like very, very, I don't know how we raise their spirits. A lot of it's, some of it's religion. Some of it's religion. Uh, we, we've got to, uh, and some of it's just interaction with these people. You know, they're, 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 I mean, some people aren't so nice. They'll take you on, and you, you try to avoid them. But when you walk the streets, you see a different thing, and it's distressing. But we, we need to, to and we got great entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, uh, let me name a couple. Mark Yanati, seat-of-the-pants guy, great guy. I wrote, I mentioned his name at the IDA because he made an ethical disclosure that he didn't have to make. He put down on his form... I contributed to, to, to political campaigns, which the other people, and it wasn't required. Uh, a, an unbelievable creative business guy. And it's too bad. It's too bad that the political forces didn't recognize his natural ability and really get behind him. Marchuskas are, 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 are another people. Unbelievably great people, creative people. They know what they're doing. And Perhaps people are jealous of their success. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, it's astounding. I mean, uh, one minute these guys are looking to do some, uh, you know, they're eight young kids, 18, 20 years old, they're doing some home repair or something, you know. And then, you know, and you close your eyes, you go to sleep, and they're, they're big wheels. Right. So they're, 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 they're great, great people, you know. And, uh, they, but un unfortunately, some of the people with less, lesser ability are, you know, are... Uh, not, not a thing, you know. And what, what do you think about the guys uh, that started the Colonial? Those young I, guys. I don't know them. I mean, I remember it as the Embers and the Home Dairy. So that's my, that's my thing. Well, they did the Colonial. They did Dos Rios. Now they're uh, back around near the arena. They're putting another place. So what I love about it is they're taking action. They're yeah. trying things. They're, yeah. they're, and 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 they have a level of standard, like a Mark Unati. He, when he mm -hmm. does something, mm -hmm. he does. He does it well. Yes. You know, like Marchusco's, they do it well. Mm -hmm. And that's nice to see. And, I, and, and it's good to see that continue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're talented people. I mean, I will, I will recognize uh, talent when I see it, you know, and I, I will uh, comment on something that's well done. It's not, it's not all, all gloom and doom. Right. You know? I, I was going to say, have you ever thought about running for office? I did. I ran, the first time I ran in 74, I ran for county legislature. And I'll tell you what. I ran in a Republican primary, and I did did well enough. To, I didn't. I was behind the thing, but the first ward was merged into this district. And I was on the west side, so and I didn't campaign at all, at all. I was just an alternative. And my thing was, well, Nixon, Nixon just just took a powder. So I said, you know, I said they'll go for anything. So that that's that's why I and I did run on one issue uh, that I wanted to to. Uh, uh, Thing. But what happened was on that one, Doris Brooks was the head of the Republican Party. And I said, and my, I said to my mother, take me down there. I'm going to see if I can run for office. And if they, if they accommodate me, I'm not interested in it. But if they put up roadblocks, I want to see how fixed this is. Again, doing some, some research. So I go, she was glad to see me. She embraced <laughs> me. Said, oh, this is great, you know. And I was running against a, a, a mainline guy in a primary, you know, that was a golden boy. And she said, oh, that's great, you know. Well... When the returns came in, I actually won a couple of precincts and uh, or whatever they are, and uh, polling places. And the 
frowns, the frowns. But anyway, that poor guy, and I feel bad about it now. He was going to be groomed for, I mean, his uh, father was in the state assembly and his mother was too, I think. And he was a, 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 a and I, I felt bad about it. I really did after that because I said, you know, I may have altered this guy's course and he probably would have been a, a, a better, but I did. And I, I ran on the Green Party uh, for city council. When was that? This was in uh, 1999, you know, okay. and I did, I did actually carry some, uh, you know, uh, uh, polling places, but I'd be a good public official because you have to solve problems and you have to, you know, I, I once advocated that the, when they were making them, that the Bingham Police Department get sobs, you know, the Vail Police Department had sobs. They worked a deal with sob, you know, front wheel drive. For, but you, you have to have things that are little things that people see readily mm -hmm. that aren't cookie cutter things. And that people say, oh, wow, look at that. And even if it's, even if it's crazy people on the street, you know, uh, you, you, you have to allow that. Now you have to, the most distressing thing, we're losing our gathering places. We're losing our social, I mean, once upon a time you'd run at people at the video store, right? So that, that was a good place to see them, especially if they had a, a tape that was hot. You know, you say, oh, geez, I knew that guy was a pervert. You know, but you, you would see people at the videos. Now you're limited to like, grocery store, grocery store, yeah. athletics. You may run into athletics, yeah. you know, some, some show or something. Mm -hmm. But you're, you, you, you don't have that, that mingling where you can unexpectedly run into people. And we're losing those spots. And, and those spots are vital. Yeah. They're, they're, they're really necessary for uh, socialization. I mean, the mall, you know, you, you think so. I, I don't know, but I, I, I'm uh, encouraged if people respond. But the problem, problem is they're, they're kicking the can down the road and they're going status quo all the way. And that, that's no way. And I think the university's got to loosen up a little bit. The university has got to say, you know, we can't solve all the problems here. And, and they're already backtracking from the 20 the, the 20,000 yeah. and 20, they're already, already backtracking. So, you know, I worry about overpromising, plus the fact that, you know, we haven't had a big recession yet. And boy, when that recession hits, and I don't, uh, uh, you know, hospitality takes a hit, this first, first, first one's going. But it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a more interesting place. It's definitely, I'm the oldest guy in town now. You know, I'm the oldest guy that's walking around, you know, so, but we need, we need more people like me. That's what the mayor of Johnson City said. He said, it wouldn't be the same if you were, if more people were like you. So yeah. I take that as a compliment. Yeah. What's going to happen next year with the presidential race? What's your prediction? Uh, well, anything can happen with Trump. It seems to be a shoe-in to me, uh, but there's many, many things that can happen. I think he's full of surprises. I think you could uh, see him dump Pence. I think uh, you could see, uh, you know, you, you, we need, look, if we had the parliamentary system, our pro political problems would be over with because there'd be uh, hard left, medium left, there'd be hard right, medium right, uh, country club Republicans, whatever you want to call them, and we'd all blend together in parl parliamentary People would have minority seats, uh, you know, uh, uh, they would, you know, people that were extremists would have a say somewhat because they would probably get uh, some, I mean, uh, 
So I don't know uh, what's going to happen. I mean, the Democratic side is 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 interesting. I I would suspect that, particularly because Cuomo's tried to shut down these minor parties, I would expect Jill Stein to give it a go, you know. Uh, but they can't get into the debate. So, you know, I mean, again, see, this is how, you know, there were more, the, you know, when they began excluding Ralph Nader from the debates, this this was the problem. I I voted for, you know, it's funny, too, and and those levers, see, the, 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 doing a dot is not as emotional right. as a lever. So you could... <laughs> You could go in and say, you could be a supporter of some guy for president. And then at the last minute, with those mechanical, those curtains closing, you say, that son of a... You know, and you can get them. And that was the beauty of, of that. So uh, a, a lot of times, I ended up voting for people. But I'm, I'm perfectly satisfied with Trump. Uh, you know, I wanted to name Main Street and Binghamton after him. Hit the New York Times, that one there. Uh, and one reporter was, t everybody covered it, was covered in some places outside. And one reporter, she's not there anymore, press, it's not news, it's not news, it's not news. And then two weeks later, it was in the New York Times. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, John, this has been fun. I've learned a lot. Uh, I, you know what? I hope people see you for who you are. And that is someone that you could talk to. Yeah. And not someone you need to shun. Mm -hmm. And yes, you do create controversy. I did want to ask you real quickly about social media. Mm -hmm. I see you're using Twitter. You're on there a lot. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think about that? What do you think about social media? Uh, not bad. I was shadow banned for a while. There was a, a Catholic I, I had more followers. Uh, a Catholic priest, uh, James Martin, he's a Jesuit. He's a, a very liberal, we'll leave it at that, but his, his, we were getting into, so, and I, I just, and I'm banned by a lot of people. I'm banned by uh, uh, school districts. I'm banned by the mayor of Ithaca. I'm banned by the state of Fred Asher. They, I mean, it, that- Banned from what? From Twitter. They, they banned me from you know, the exchange of ideas on Twitter. They banned me from their accounts or their government accounts. And that, of course, is in the Trump case and is in the Alexandria case. You can't ban people from Twitter. It's, now it's established law. And yet they, they have done that. Uh, so, and I, I don't uh, criticize their mother. I don't use obscene language. I just ask them about something. And, uh, you know, I mean, Donna Laparta, to her credit, Mayor David, Jason Garner, they all, they all, they all uh, uh, take it because they can't ban me anyway. They know they can't. They obviously conferred with somebody. But Fred Akshar uh, uh, doesn't, doesn't ban me. But uh, uh, Twitter's, Twitter's interesting. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm getting into it more. I don't really know what I'm doing, but uh, what's interesting is you get two minutes on a video, but on the live, you know, if you go live, thing you can. So that that's that that's that's kind of kind of uh, nice. Uh, you know, maybe maybe it'll be what I what I view it as is just, a lot of times I don't comment on stuff. I just put it out there because I want people to draw their own conclusions, and uh, you know, I I will. You know, I mean, I, I don't think you have to hide uh, what your what your bent is. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, in other words, I don't I mean, another the, the controversy at the jail. I mean, they're saying there's all these deaths. But to my knowledge, there's not a, 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 an attorney of note that is pursuing wrongful death actions. So, you know, I, you've got to view it as being suspect. You know, so uh, 
but I, I love to give it back to protesters. I mean, I had a blast at the Columbus Day Parade because I was like a first responder, you know. I was giving it back to them. And there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, these people want to control the debate. And that, 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 mm-hmm. that's not going to do it with me. They're mm-hmm. not going to control the debate. But I'm a nice guy. I, I think I'll do, do good for this community yet. And I, you know, I think it'll be the happiest day. When I'm in the obituaries, I'll tell you what, there'll be a part, they, they may, it'll be like a Bourbon Street you know, on Shrove Tuesday or whatever, you know, they'll, they'll really, they'll really celebrate, you know, <laughs> we'll sing the saints go marching in. But. Any, uh, what's your, what's your biggest, uh, downfall? Uh, well, I passed on a lot of successful things and I, that's another story entirely. And, uh, and you want to hear one, I'll give you oh, one. Starbucks. I uh, there were about four. I was in in Seattle, and there was I overheard a conversation that someday they were going to go public. This was in the late eighties, so I I I thought, well, this is going to be. See, sometimes what happens is in areas that have a successful company like Microsoft, when when other local stocks go in that part of that money that people have made, I would say, well, this is a local thing, and they it happened in San Diego. I once I once said I'm going to buy every stock in the San Diego newspaper. Equally, there's about 18 of them because one of them's one of them's going to pan out, and I don't know which one. Uh, but anyway, I wrote Howard Schultz a letter, and that was it. Didn't hear it. A couple years later, I get a, a package, and it said, "You know, John, we're going public. Here's the prospectus." And I said, "Well, wait a minute. This guy's really on the ball. The fact that I just sent him a card like two years ago, and he kept kept the correspondence, and he said, you know. But I looked at the prospectus, and at the time, they had." Went into Albertsons or some supermarket chain. They had 60 units. Do you remember about the year? Oh, this was 92. Okay. And I I looked at the prospectus. They had listed as as a problematic factor uh, that they shut down uh, 60 things in in Albertsons. And then I talked to some other people. uh, And I I didn't realize how rapidly they were going to expand. They they didn't share that, you know. And they they were backtracking a little bit in California. And then I was up in the... San Mateo, and I saw this sign, and it was out in front of McDonald's, and it said espresso, and they had a, they had a, a full-blown espresso. It wasn't part of the, it was a franchisee doing it on his own. And then I went to a Walmart, and then I, of course, Seattle Nordstrom's, and they had espresso, and I thought their, their coffee was better than Starbucks. And I said, you know, everybody and their brother, this is too easy to copy, you know, but then you get back to the Bill Gates theory on Walmart. Why didn't somebody stop them, you know, and, that, and, and nobody stopped yeah. them. Yeah. And uh, that was that was a regret. Another one, a brief story. In Switzerland in 1982, in Lugano, which is you know, is that was well, near Lugano there, right? So is that the last part, part? I can't remember. This is guy shows me watches, swatch watches, <laughs> and I said, he says the idea here is we're taking on Japanese, we're taking on the Japanese. We're going to reclaim our territory. And I looked at them, and those ones that I looked at were uglier, uglier, uglier. I said, you're not going to take on Seiko. Will you please forget about it? Pack up your case and go. There is no way that you're going to take it. So there, there's and two for you. It. There's That's two. <laughs> but I got a hot tip for you, Roger. I'll share it to you after the game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, thanks for your time. This has been great. I have one last question I, I'd like to ask every guest, and that is at the end of the day, what do you want your legacy to be? 
What do you want to be known for? I, I don't. Uh, there's probably nobody that's going to remember me. You know, uh, I would very much before I die, and I'm working on it now. Uh, and and I have some citations. I would like to have a big case on the corporate side that's cited in other other cases. And two people I'm jealous of, I mentioned them. Mark Yanati had that groundbreaking case, which he could have parlayed. I mean, and Jack Sheehan, my old buddy from city council, has the number one cited case for freedom of information law. It's called Sheehan versus the city of wow. Syracuse. So someday, I guess my legacy would be, and I have some in the state of Delaware, cases are cited. You never know how. But I guess that would be my legacy, that I'm in, in law books, in case law, in, this, in the state of Delaware and other places, for corporate activism. So, you know, to think that some young student has got to study Solak versus Pelocity or some other case, uh, that, that's, 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 that makes me feel good, you know. So that, that's, that, that's probably my legacy, but maybe my legacy isn't, isn't, is yet to come, you know. Yeah. Uh, but we, I'm glad to be here. The older you get, the more you appreciate life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if you, if you have health challenges, you have this epiphany. Uh, but I would like this area to appreciate wisdom when it's offered, appreciate m making, I, making the same mistakes over and over again. But I, I, don't, I don't have any, any, I'm probably going to be buried in the town of Dickinson, and I'll tell you why. They have a cemetery over there, right? and they're the cheapest in town. They're $500. So I'm, that's where I'm going to end up, and then I'm going to go to those meetings, and I'm going to identify myself, John Zolak, property owner in the town of Dickinson. <laughs> so that's where I'm going to end up, and maybe, maybe uh, uh, you know, if we could get the last rights in, we'll be, we'll be a thing. Well, Roger, I'd like to thank you. I, 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 I said I felt that this might be your last program. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be. I think it was great. And again, we're all about giving people a voice. And really, I mean, you said it earlier um, when you gave that example of, of uh, uh, the, per, the, you know, the rich man in the car looking out at the mm. guy on the street. Yeah. It, people are people, and I think people need to be a little bit more courteous to people in general. And I respect you for what you do and who you are. And hey, you know what? We did this, and let's let's do it again. All creatures, great and small, and isn't it amazing? In the Lord's eyes, we're all we're all. You know, it's it's these tremendous accomplishments that people have, and all the dough and everything else. And at the end of the day, we're going to be judged on factors that have nothing to do with that. That's right. So our hearts. So yeah, that's yeah. right. John Solak, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for tuning into American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv, or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review, as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one -on -one coaching, check out the American Real Learning Academy, where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we could help. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or email me directly at roger at And speaking of podcasting, 
our next course will be starting soon. So if you're interested in launching your own podcast, join me at Podcast Your Passion. I'll take you through my eight-week course where I'll mentor you to build a world-class podcast. I'm only taking on a small group of people who want to share their passion through broadcasting, where I'll have you up on iTunes and YouTube within weeks so you can podcast your passion. Click on the link below for more information. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.